All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of What We Couldn't Say on Sunday. Is this two in a row for us? It's just two in a row. So this is good. We're trending upward. And um, this is an interesting episode where it's kind of a, what would you say earlier? Well, this is tying up our loose ends. Yes. Loose ends of three to four different sermons. Wow. So it should be four hours long. Yeah. Um, and very focused. Ho- very focused. Hopefully, <laughs> ho- hopefully, maybe 10 minutes on each uh, or something like that. That's right. Uh, but, but all good, we, we hope and trust. Um, just a reminder, this podcast, our hope is to serve our members and be able to go another layer deeper into whatever um, we, the text said in, in, in the sermon and uh, maybe touch on things that we couldn't say, we left that on purpose because of time and focus, yeah. or things that we wish we could have said better or differently after we got some feedback or we listened to ourselves. That's right. And uh, so just one more level to, to bless you. And uh, like like we've said in the past, we haven't said in a while, if you ever have any questions, you can shoot it forward to us and we can um, address it here. And so we haven't done that in a minute. And we're, we're still waiting on those questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we should probably talk about it more. Like we can do those questions. So, That's true. Um, or we could just be less clear. Maybe we're just so clear in our sermons, so good that they just, they're just All their questions are answered. They're speechless. That, that certainly, certainly is it. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about prayer from my last message again. We're going to talk about reading the word, which is connected to it. We're also going to talk about evangelism. Yep. Your sermon on evangelism about a month ago or so, and then praying in the spirit. That's right. Also, this Sunday, we're going to be having Sam Crabtree in the house. He's a pastor at Bethlehem Baptist Church, mm. our grandma church, and he will be teaching off of his book, Practicing Affirmation. He's Probably, an awesome dude. He's a, good, he's a great dude. He's a great dude. He's just so himself. That's a great way to put it. He's, he's great. <laughs> and... Uh, Great guy worth le- learning from, and also uh, he wrote a new book that he's going to highlight also on parenting. So it's going to be... And I have a great wedding story about him. I saw him marry a couple once. Someone should ask me about it sometime. Really? Yes, it's hilarious. Yeah, I want to hear yes. it. How long is it? Is it, worth, <laughs> is it worth our time? Not right now, but okay. it's definitely worth time at some point. Okay, all right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the bloopers. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, so the first one, uh, let's talk about evangelism. You spoke on evangelism as a... I, I love that message. It was, it was challenging, but what, 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 what could you not say or what did you want to say different? Yeah, so um, actually the first thing that I brought up at the beginning of that sermon was that we had to skip a verse hmm. that I think is really, really important in the book of Ephesians. It's Ephesians 6.18, hmm. which, which says that um, in the context of spiritual warfare, we're to be praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about praying in the spirit, um, about what that might mean, about how we can think about it. Um, first of all, it's not exactly clear what it means. Um, Paul just says it in passing almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read a lot of the commentaries on this verse and it talked about praying in the realm or the sphere of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, or the help of the spirit, right? Yeah. yeah, which is where I would go because I don't yeah. know, like praying the realm or the sphere of the spirit. Oh, okay, is like super clear, like what that means, like yeah, like maybe like you're 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 praying in the realm of like being spiritual, spiritually minded, rather than just earthly minded, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I could go with that. I you think, know, like Colossians three, setting your 
your mind on things above, like in a spiritual realm, rather than sure by sight only. Because we know that we know the Bible talk, does talk a lot about renewing your mind as part of your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, um, and one one thought I had was that your sermon on don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, as the, the Spirit as an influencer. Yeah. Um, the way I was going to take this prayer is to pray in the Holy Spirit is to have prayers that are influenced by the Holy Spirit. Mm, that's good. That, that's, that's what I think the verse is pushing us towards. Like when you're praying, are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit mm. or not? And of course you have to ask, well, what, is, what does that mean to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and just, just like some thoughts that come to my mind are in the New Testament, it doesn't present us as being able to pray rightly on our own. Mm. Like we're not, like God's not like, you guys know what to say to me. Like Jesus, like the disciples come to Jesus and say, teach us how to pray. Mm-hmm. And Romans 8 says, you do not know how to pray as you ought, but the spirit intercedes for you with groanings too deep for words. And so I think when we approach God, we should have this sense of our own unworthiness to even know what to say. Yeah. And our sense of dependence on him to guide our words and yeah. to guide our intercessions. Um, hmm. I think this is more of an art than a science. I yeah. can't tell you exactly like how to do that. Yeah. Like I can't say this is how you do that, but it's like I think a lot of us know the feeling when you're surrendered to God when you're praying. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you're just like I'll pray for whatever you want, God. I want to pray about your agenda, not my agenda. Yeah. Um and for me, I often get caught performing when I'm praying. Sure. Like my focus and I think this is a good thing to put your focus on instead of what other people think of you mm-hmm. or if you're by yourself and wanting to get through the checkbox mm-hmm. is, am I praying for the things you want me to pray for God? Yeah. Um, what is it that you want me to, who is it that you want me to intercede for? Mm-hmm. What is it that you want me to intercede for? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had somewhat of an experience like this in our prayer time before our last Sunday gathering where we were all praying in the, the Sunday school classroom. Mm-hmm. And... I wasn't really pondering about what God wanted me to pray for, but I felt some things like come to me like spontaneously. Yeah, yeah. And I prayed for him, and I got him at that service. Yeah. There was two things, and especially that I prayed for him. Wow. That I wasn't that I was not one of them. You could argue, oh, it would have happened the other, either way, but one of them was a little more distinct. Mm-hmm. Like it hadn't been happening. I prayed for it. It happened. That's right. Um, yes, I so, remember. I and I was, and I just, I don't like. Okay. I wasn't sitting there pondering what I should pray for. It just kind of came to me. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just wonder, um, and yeah, I wouldn't say I have this verse figured out. I don't understand exactly how, how to totally pray in the spirit, but I just want to encourage us all to have a sense that we need to, to just be trusting God to teach us what to pray for and what to ask for as we pray. You know, and I, I think just a simple exercise is pause before you pray. Mm-hmm. And I've been around certain Christians who, when they're praying with me or praying for me, and let's say we're going taking turns, it's their turn. I can sense a pause from them, not because they're trying to formulate eloquent words, because they're really trying to wait on the Lord. And then they're praying in line with what they feel comes to their mind. Um, The Holy Spirit can bring different things to mind and so forth. It may not be audible voice. It's probably usually not going to be audible voice. It's going to be a, a leading through imaginative thought you know imagination or things that come to your mind and uh versus just the kind of just jumping right in right 
and kind of going through the the road things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Father God, uh, Father in Heaven, or Dear the Lord, you know, just and using a lot of just. <laughs> would you just, just, or but oh, that's that's something else. That's, I just threw that in because it's, that's a that's a funny thing. Would you just um, do this? Yeah, um, <laughs> but nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like the word just, but um, the the. When, when people jump in, the first thing is like, thank you for this day. And they don't even know the, what they're saying. They're just saying it because that's what they're supposed to say. Right. And they're just pausing saying, God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to pray for? I think this is especially helpful when you're praying for someone and they're listening. You know, yeah. or praying for someone they're not there and you're asking, God, what can I pray for? Right. Rather than just the random, like, good health and good blessing in their relationships with you and others. But like, God, is there something special that you want me to pray for, that maybe protection, proactively helping them, that you can lead me rather than me just guessing. Right. And I think we just, we don't wait long enough. We, maybe we may even wait, but we wait for a second and we're like, all right, you, you said nothing, so I'm going to just go forward and I'm just start talking. I'm just going to pray however I want to. Yeah. And I think there's a disconnect in a lot of our lives between Jesus' promise that if you pray anything according to my will, you will have it. Mm. And the fact that we don't have a lot of our prayers yeah. answered, yeah. or we feel like it. And I wonder if this is part of the solution. That's right. That um, it's the spirit that's going to cause us to pray things according to the will of God and see answers in our lives. Yeah, um, that's great. So, yeah, that's. Um, th- I think there's more to be said about that, but that's just kind of the, the point in a nutshell I wanted to make. Uh, that's praying in the spirit. Yeah. Connected to evangelism, right? Um, yeah, it is connected to evangelism. Are, are you, do you want to talk about evangelism also? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I mentioned in my sermon was it three weeks ago now sure, or something like that was um, that I wanted to talk about how to have an evangelistic conversation. That's right. Um, and it not be super awkward or weird or offensive or yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, and this also is an art rather than a science, and it grows with practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd encourage everyone to practice it. Um, and I guess maybe the type of conversation I'm thinking of is more maybe with strangers. Okay. Um, I don't think that's the only way we should do evangelism. I don't think it's always the healthiest way to do evangelism. I think it's one way to do evangelism. Yeah. And um, and actually what I'm about to say doesn't have to be applied to a stranger. It can be applied to someone you've known for a while, too. Yeah. But, um, but I think the key to having an evangelistic conversation is to avoid the ditches of forcing it and avoiding it. Mm. And, and I think what the middle way looks like is always asking questions that could lead in this direction or looking for the types of people who would be open to that conversation. Um, One one, uh, failure I I shared during my sermon was that I went into a McDonald's and Mm -hmm. there there was an opportunity to share and I wasn't Mm -hmm. ready. Mm -hmm. Um, So the other day I went into an an office, Max, and I found myself in a similar situation. Those still exist? They do. Yeah. They do. Yes. There's one. There's one in South Minneapolis, and there's a guy behind the register, uh-huh. and he's kind of a pretty chill bro, and he starts chatting with me, and we just start. Yeah, because there's no one there. there right? There's no one else. Yeah, yeah. There's no one else in the store. Yeah, it's a dying business. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dying business. Um. And and we connected over clubbing. I used to go to some some clubs here in Minneapolis. Um, <laughs> oh, guys, rocks at clubs. I love it. I talked about this one club named Epic I used to go to. Epic? And, and it was shut down because there was a shooting there. Oh, gosh. Um, so that's too bad. And we, we talked about He loves to go to the armory. and stuff. He said he moved here for the clubs. Jeez. Yeah. So I guess that's a thing, everybody. Um, yeah. And so, um, and then at one point in the conversation, like, I just asked him, hey, man, are you religious? 
Uh-huh. Um, I know that's kind of a vague question. Yeah. But I think it's a good question because it doesn't put someone on the spot. It's not like all of a sudden asking them. Well, it does a little. But not as much as, where are you going if you die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah, like, it's it, like, like, like it's it's a it's a comfortable way to kind of it's the more comfortable way than a lot of ways to shift into that. Yeah. And you know, if you ask someone if they're religious and they shut you down, yeah. Like what what have you really lost? Sure. And and if they just if they start and they might not know where you're coming from, but that's okay. You just want to kind of hear a little bit of their heart and their experience. Like mm-hmm. he just started sharing. Yeah, I used to go to church when I grew up. Mm-hmm. I used to. I don't really go anymore. It's more my parents' thing and stuff like that. Sure. And um, and I was like, hey man, that's cool. I just you know, and I just shared a little bit about like you know, recently I I joined this this new church that um that has been I didn't mention as a pastor in this conversation. I just said I'm a part of this church because uh, I'm also just a member, right? And I was able to talk about how um how big of a blessing it's been, how good the community has been, um, and and I think part of he's like looking for experiences. He's because he moved moved to Minneapolis for the club life. Yeah, and I was able to explain how being a part of this church has been an experience for me, mm-hmm. um, and it's been been something that's been a blessing for me. And it just it, the conversation it wasn't like unnatural or forced. Like it just it, it just flowed. Yeah, and I've been in other situations where like. I wanted to share, yeah. and um, but it just it just didn't feel right, so I just backed off and left, and I didn't like feel guilt or like I had to share. Like I just kind of I'm always just aware of, of of looking for it, and I also didn't feel maybe I just should have. I didn't feel the need to share the full gospel with him right at that point. Yeah. And part of it was I had a little track that I handed him, saying, mm-hmm. hey, "Man, why don't you just take a look at this and read this sometime?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, man, I'd love to read it." Mm-hmm. And um, I left my phone number on it. I didn't hear from him, mm-hmm. but. Um, but there was a lot more information there, so I didn't feel like I had to teach it, treat the conversation like an information dump. Like you have to know the four laws by the time you yeah, end this yeah. conversation. Yeah. And so it's just, I guess there's not like a fine point I can put on it, other than that, um, just be aware, be aware of opportunities, mm-hmm. and um, and just start by by just asking questions and look look for a way in and just just yeah. listen well. Um, my experience is that if you interact with people enough. God will open up doors if you're just looking for them. Like your question, I think makes a lot of sense if you feel prompting by your by the Spirit to talk with them. Like, are you religious? Open that door, right? Yeah. But like, often, you know, I heard one pastor said, "We don't need to pray for doors; we need to pray for boldness." Hmm. Because oftentimes the doors are there. Like they'll they'll confide something into you randomly. They make an offhanded comment that sure. if you have ears to hear, you can pick up, and that's a thread you can start pulling at. Yeah. And getting to their hearts. We're getting to the gospel through other doors, you know, and, and you could just share the good news with them by maybe indirectly sharing good news that the um, that the gospel brings as a result. Like rather than just talking about peace with God, reconciling with him, you know, if they are very, very keen on, uh, you know, they lost a father or some sort of reality that the gospel addresses. Yeah. Fatherlessness, we get adopted, you know, or he'll make all things new. You, you can go in a roundabout way, and if you just have enough conversation with people, those doors are there. And often we just lack the boldness, and that's right. why you, the passage in Ephesians 6 is so encouraging because Paul does pray for doors to be open. And even though he's one of the most proficient um, evangelists, church planners ever, he's asking for prayer to be bold, mm. which is encouraging for me. Because yeah. I sometimes can be a real pansy, hmm. you know, and shrink back. Just that's right. sad. 
But, you know, often we have the doors, but we just don't have eyes to see. But I think in your sermon you talked about you weren't prepared for that moment at the McDonald's when that spirit prompted you to open right. that door. And I guarantee you if you prep your heart in the morning while you're putting on your armor um, mentally and through prayer and thinking about you have the gospel shoes on, the gospel of peace, and you're looking for doors, you're going to see more. Mm-hmm. And those doors were there before you just didn't have eyes to see. Right. And if you've prepared your heart, you're ready to speak by the Spirit, and you'll be able to tailor-make that the message specifically to that person. That's right. Yeah. And I and actually, since I preached that sermon, I have been trying to pray That's that good. prayer more often. Like, Lord, open my mouth today to, yeah. to share the gospel with someone. And um, and I just I just think that we have to be more intentional with our own hearts about yeah. this this than we are. I think I can I can go into periods of not sharing for months and not even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, gosh. But but when I look look at my life, the times where I'm closest with the Lord are when I'm talking about it the most. Is that your phone? Oh my goodness, Ross. Yeah, that was weird. Um, it's on silent now. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, like like the times where I feel closest to the Lord are when I'm talking to people about the gospel, especially unbelievers the most. That's good. And so it's like. This is this is helpful, healthy for your own soul to do this as well. Yeah. And, and I find that it's either a flowing river, or it's not at all. Like it's consistent, consistent or not at all. Sure. In other words, like I'm either not sharing at all, or once I start sharing and get in the rhythm and habit, and the boldness just builds up, and my evangelistic muscles get strengthened. Yeah. Then it's so much easier. But you just have to start taking those steps. And you know, one way to do it is even go with people. So I know in our in our church, one of the most gifted evangelists, natural evangelists, would be Theo. Mm-hmm. And he took Mark, you know, dear Mark, with him to McDonald's on Lake Street because there's people just hang out there. It's an easy place to just talk to people. Yeah. And just start practicing that muscle. Once you start that, then it's so much easier. And I just remember in seasons where it'd be so easy. I didn't fear man. But then once you stop, it, it just shuts down. Right. It's kind of like a spigot. It's either on or off. You know, or I guess a spigot you could trickle. Yeah. So maybe maybe something that doesn't have degrees, but it, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. But maybe like working out, mm-hmm. like it's either you like it's a part of rhythm in your life or it isn't. It's a lifestyle or yeah. it's not a lifestyle. That's right. That's right. Um, and you you just said muscle, right? Like, okay. um, yeah. Why don't I would just love it if we were, we all adopted evangelism lifestyle. So it's just right. part of the way we live our lives. You know, one thing that I I feel was really helpful was thinking about evangelism. Um, and I heard a I heard a um, seminar on this in the last month that was helpful. The way they spoke about it, but I I acted acted like this, but the, the way they kind of formulated it, I think, was really frank. So it, here here's the line: Think about evangelism not as an event, but as a process. Hmm. Event, not an event, but a process. Sure. In other words, you talk to anybody who became a Christian, who's Christian now, especially people who came later in life as an adult. There, there's usually going to be a definitive moment where they just surrender to Jesus as Lord and Savior and treasure. But usually there's going to be a line of experiences. You know, they had a conversation with a person here. They, they had a roommate here. They went to a church service here. And all those experiences, the Holy Spirit used, catalyzed, new birth. Right. And I think sometimes we feel too much pressure that every time we interact, we need to go for the, the goal and just straight up like, Hey, you've got to make decisions right now. That's right. Now we probably need to do that more than we, we than we do. However, because that is kind of the bar that we may have unintentionally set in our head, 
we've shrink back from just even sharing like a testimony. Hey, this is something God did, you know, and that, that could just get them their, their, their mind rolling. And maybe a, a month later they talk with someone else and that person leads them sure. to the Lord. And, and again, remember it's, we never really lead anyone to the Lord. It's the Lord who does that. Yeah. We're just his instruments. And so each of us plays our own role in the, this process. Mm. And that, that can be really freeing as you talk with someone and you just know, you know what? I did my part. You know, as Paul says, you know, uh, one waters, one plants, but God gives the growth. That's right. And I'm just happy with the place I'm playing. No, you got to reassess and think, hey, was I, did I shrink back? Mm-hmm. You know, did I not share enough because I was afraid? And, you know, you got to reassess your heart. But switching the mindset of in a, a, a process is very, very free. Sure. That you don't have to, you don't have to do it all yourself to do yeah. anything at all. Yeah. There's contributions to make that don't include, yeah. are you ready to repent and believe in Jesus yep. right now? Yep. Or you could be the closer. You, you know, might maybe. be the closer. Yeah. yeah. So, but just, just again, we need to be spirit led, and right. that's why it's very unhelpful if you just have the same formulaic approach only. Now, you can use your formula as a, as a template, as something you could draw from, and a constant place to go to. But if you, you are kind of hedged into a certain method, you know, right. force rituals, the way of the master, or all the, the there's different ways. Yeah. Story of God approach, whatever your approach you form. The four pillars. Gospel truth, whatever. sure, yeah, yeah. Roman road, yeah. Then you you may really hurt your ability to be led by the Spirit to 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 deeply um, connect with different people. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like just as we as talking about praying in the Spirit, it's evangelism should be in the Spirit too. Like yeah. You just have this sense of I'm going to say to this person what you want me to say to this person, God, not what I want to say to this person, not what I've been trained to say to this person. Yeah. Um, just that flexibility and openness. That's good. Good, good. Any other final thoughts on evangelism? Uh, no, those are just transition. Great. So doing I'm pretty gonna, well here. Yeah, so we're doing great. So talking now back onto the the message I spoke last on um, praying as a relationship, you know, approaching your prayer life and your relationship with the Father like you would any important relationship in your life sure. that you want to cultivate. And what, what I want to um, highlight is one resource that's been really helpful that I can't believe I didn't even mention it when I talked about resources on prayer. Mm-hmm. The book's called The Hour That Changes the World. Okay. The Hour That Changes the World by Dick Eastman. And it's it's actually kind of a big deal of a book. A lot of people have read it. It has like 250,000 copies out, which is a lot. That's a lot. But again, I never heard of it. Like I heard one person allude it one time a couple of years ago, but like no one... I know talks about it. Sure. Johnny Erickson, Johnny Erickson Tata writes the forward and it's just a powerful book that gives a method of praying an hour a day, or you can tailor make it to be shorter or longer. And it's just 12 segments in a, in a prayer wheel. Hmm. Right. And so like each segment is five minutes or it could be two, it could be one, it could be 10 or, and you can mix and match them or you can add them or extend them whether in it's things like intercession, petitions, meditation, and it just kind of gives you uh, uh, more tools and more conversation pieces with God. Sure. Rather than just sitting down before God and trying to pray and be like, I don't know what to pray for. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you different things. And you can then be led by the Spirit to dwell longer on one or skip a section. Or might spark something new. That's right. And it's very, very helpful um, as a method. And so I recommend that resource, resource. It's in our library, but it's worth picking up your own copy. I'm working on my own prayer wheel. I'm kind of editing his and making my own, and I can share that with you guys. I'm working through that process. But I've been thinking about an hour a day. I remember when I first heard that idea of committing an hour a day to the Lord of prayer. And, you know, Francis has this line in, in the, the, the letters of the church 
where he says that he once told his staff, hey, if any of you guys are not praying our day, let me know so I can fire you. Oh, boy. And hire someone else who, who's doing that. Thank you for not having that policy. You know, I, I seriously, and I'm not kidding at all, I'm going to adopt that policy. <laughs> okay. Because think about this. The average person sleeps less than eight hours a day in America. Yep. Easily, right? We, we're, we don't sleep well. Right. We have terrible habits as a whole. If let's just say eight hours is the benchmark, you have 16 hours. I love how you yawned right after I said that. You couldn't see that. Um, but uh, the average person has 16 waking hours. Mm-hmm. One hour is 6% of your day. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. And it maybe could be broken up that hour. But is that too small to ask of the Lord? Mm-hmm. And it's not a legalistic thing where it's like, oh, if you hit an hour, then God's pleased with you. It's just like, don't we need an hour? Mm-hmm. To commune with him and to experience the way, the, the peace of Jesus, and to be able to live the kind of supernatural lives that are required of us. Mm-hmm. And often when I'm not on mission and loving people that are impossible to love and, and trying to reach people with boldness, I, I don't pray much yeah. because I don't need the Holy Spirit. And so if you're not praying much, you're probably living a very normal, non-regenerated, Holy Spirit-filled life because mm-hmm. you don't need him. Right. Or maybe you're trying all that on your own strength and you're failing. Right. Or you're doing it in the flesh. So um, I've just, I just been thinking about that. And then, you know, I've read other things by some revivalists like uh, Leonard Ravenhill who said, you know, a preacher who doesn't pre- pray two hours a day is just worth nothing. Hmm. And it's like, wow, two hours a day, but really even two hours a day. Not, not, a, not excessive. It, it really isn't that much when you think about it. And yeah. I know this sounds crazy. I don't want people to feel the legalism of like the specific number. But, but the number or how much time is a good good signpost or flag of where your heart is. Right. Just like you don't want to artificially put a number of hours you need to spend with your spouse or a loved one. No one does that. But you still want to spend substantial time. Yeah. When I mean, you want to look at how much time to say, okay, is that, is that healthy? Mm-hmm. Is it producing the life-giving, abundant, intimate results that you, we long for and we need? Right. So that, that's a helpful resource to look at as a... Uh, benchmark uh, as as yeah a good resource to, to consult and, and to kind of make your own. The other thing is part of prayer. Um, if we vote, approach prayer as a relationship, you want to listen and speak. Prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. And I may have mentioned this briefly. It's, it was in my notes, but I didn't go into it deeply. Right. But prayer is not just talking. Prayer is also listening. Hmm. And. There are ways to listen and just ask the Holy Spirit. I did that this morning. Lord, do you have anything you want to tell me about anything? Mm-hmm. And uh, do you know what I heard? What's that? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. But there's times where I do hear something or some thought comes on my mind or a picture comes to mind. And it's very prophetic if, if I want to use that language. It's very supernatural wow. with the Holy Spirit's use. Sometimes it's nothing. But my primary way I listen is through the Word of God. God has given me the Bible. And so I started my time this morning where I just read the Bible reading plan. And I just tried to listen to God. I said, I'm I'm listening, God. Speak to me. I want to see who you are. I want to know who you are. I want to know who I am in light of your scriptures. And so I begin with listening. And then I respond in speaking. And the more fluent I get in my prayer life, it becomes more of a healthy dialogue that becomes more more live hmm. rather than just regimented. And so if you are not in your word listening, you're not going to be able to pray well, and you're probably not going to be able to connect with God. Sure. So you need to hear and listen. The other thing— And is that yeah, John Whitney has a book on that, right? Yeah, Praying the Scriptures. Praying the yeah, scriptures. Praying the Scripture. But, but, but I'm not getting at just praying Scripture— because yeah, we have that in our prayer cards that we, we've given out to you guys. 
but the, the just act of just opening up the word and saying, God, I want to hear from you. Yeah. Now, I want to pray what's here perfectly. With the, there's more to what he says in that book, I'm sure. But it's more, I, my ears open, and I actually want to hear from you. Yeah, because I think, especially with our Western education, we are trained instinctively to approach that book like a textbook we yeah. analyze. That's right. Um, but it's a letter written personally to us. Yeah. And we should read it like that. That's right. Like there, there's an author who has a meaning mm-hmm. that he wants you to understand. That's right. Um, it's for you. It, it's yours. Yep. And um, and that changes the way you read it. That's right. That's right. That's you. Yeah. That's you again. It's not me. My phone is on silent and it's making noise. Yeah. You, you got to put do not disturb. I'm turning it off. I'm yeah. Doing okay. it. I'm doing it. All right. Well, here's, here's the other thing. I've had many times in my life where I'm doing a Bible reading plan. And I miss a few days. Sure. And those days become many days. And then I just give up because I, like, miss the plan. I'm like, oh, I'm just totally off the plan. And then I just don't read the Bible at all. Okay. Now, how preposterous that is if I'm viewing prayer and the Word of God as a relationship with God. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's like, oh, honey, um, we haven't had a few days lately, and so I'm so discouraged we beat our— we, we we ended our streak. Marriage over. That I, yeah, that I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. I'm not going to date you anymore because we missed our perfect 2019 year. Yeah. You know, and I know for us, especially type A kind of people, you want to see your checklist of like, bam, I was in the Word of God every day. Or you can do streaks now on the Bible app, on, on you know, and just like, wow, I've been in the Bible every day. But we miss. It's just every day is a new day where you want to connect with your Father and hear from Him. Right. And so if you have been off the Bible reading plan or you haven't even started one and you're like, man, I'm so behind, just forget it. Just jump on whatever the day is today, March 13th, we're, we're in Exodus, and it's it's not the most lively part. It's about the ter- tabernacle furnishings and so forth. And but There's some lively parts There's there. some good stuff yeah. there, but it's a little harder. Yeah. But again, even there, like we said in the last midweek podcast, you wouldn't be like, well, God, what do you have to say? Oh, you have uh, Exodus 38 or whatever it is today to say. Well, that's not very interesting. I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. I want to skip I that. I don't care about this. Because that's not interesting to me. Right? right? What kind of unhealthy, dysfunctional relationship would you have with a, a, mm. a loved one if that's how you approach what they said? Right. You just start listening. And you're like, oh, I don't like that. And I'm going to just skip that then. You I know? think I've actually known people like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which that mean, that's very discouraging. have a healthy relationship with you. No. Right? I, I, yeah. And then in Matthew, we're in Matthew 15, listening to God, what he has to say there. And uh, I just really challenge all of us to look at the Bible as a way to relate with God, not as a checklist. And if you focus on relationship, you will eventually find yourself more fluent in the scriptures. Right. As a byproduct, as one who is uh, in love and in passion and is just is just ransacking love letters because they want to know their love more. Yeah. That person is going to know the Bible a lot more than the person who says, okay, how can I master this book? Right? I'm going to read it this many times, this many ways. You know, that person's not going to know it, know the word as well as the person who just is in love with God and wants to love him more and receive from him. That's right. And, and I just think of the verse, Deuteronomy 4, 8, 4, um, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, Jesus quotes that verse yeah. in Matthew. Um, I mean, what is our attitude when we wake up? Mm. And do we have a sense that we are so spiritually weak, so spiritually needy, so fallen that we need the reading, 
that God has for us that day yeah. to live. Yeah. Like, like we need this. Is is it's not optional. It's like, it's it's our soul's food. Mm. Um, and and I find myself focused so much more and getting so much more from it when I'm reading it. When I'm thinking, like, I need this. Mm. Like, I am so so weak that I need that I need this from my Father. Yeah. Um, and and I would I would encourage people to think think like that as well. Amen. Amen. Well, just to wrap it up, I just encourage you guys to take those prayer cards and use them as a way to just just strengthen your heart in Jesus every day. Yeah. Every day we wake up, and I kind of had this one illustration back when it talks about in Ephesians taking off the old man and putting on the new. Yeah. And we take off the old, and yet every morning we wake up and we're back in our old clothes, you know, right. where we hand over our keys to our life to Jesus. And we wake up and the, we're like, dang, the keys are back in our hands. It, it seems like we reset often, right. you know, and it's part of our sanctification process of, of laying down more and more and dying to our stuff more. But we tend to regress. And so just every day remembering who you are, what part you play in the story. And so this morning I was rehearsing the gospel of myself. I'm like, okay, I'm set apart for him. Uh, I live for his purposes, his kingdom, his global plan. And Jesus is going to come back one day. And just set yourself in the context of what God is doing yeah. and what he's done. And who you are in him. I'm righteous. I'm saved. I'm, I'm adopted. I'm chosen. I'm beloved. I mean, I'm just going down the list of these bullet points of these truths and just say those over your heart on a regular basis um, so that in, in the day when you get the, the contrary message, the opposite message all day long, you've already coated your heart with a protective layer of truth, hmm. you know? That's so good. that bounces off. No, no, no. When you get the rejection from family or friends, no, no, no. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm accepted by the most important person in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like who, who, who else matters? You know, and all that kind of, um, kind of truths that we were constantly um, uh, at jeopardy forget. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, our hearts are, are leaky buckets. That's right. And your in your faith, your love for the Lord will leak out as you sleep. Yeah. Yeah. As you go throughout the day. Yeah, that's good. Well, this has been an encouraging conversation. Yeah. Yeah, we. This was one of our shortest ones yet. I think that's great. Yeah, so uh, less is more. Sometimes. Amen. Sometimes, most yeah. of the time, probably. <laughs> I need to do that better. Did we really cover everything? I think so. Yeah, I looked at the list. That's great. It's awesome. That's great. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks for tuning in.